Hi, everybody. Welcome to a new episode of Two Drunk Fans. Gab, what are you drinking? I am drinking strawberry lemonade uh, because I'm at the laundromat doing some big blankets and pillows and shit because I have fall allergies. Yay. Um, what are you enjoying? Uh, please tell the, the kind folks at home what you think. <coughs> I'm drinking water. While Doesn't was... water spread it, though? It makes it worse a little bit, yeah, actually. So I also had so, some milk. Yeah, I was going to say, you need to go get some milk or, like, deal with the lactose intolerance. Um, my roommate and I saw spicy ramen with cheese at the Korean grocery store. We were intrigued, so we got it. We made it right before recording. Uh, it lived up to the spicy part. And it was kind of cheesy. It was like uh, powdered mac and cheese. You just sprinkled on it. It was pretty good. Do you, like, mix it in and shit? Yeah. I mean, uh, Koreans already have uh, dokboki or cheese raboki, which is, like, rice cakes and spicy sauce, and you can add cheese on it, like, melty cheese. So the concept of, like, cheese and spicy starch is not new for us, but, like, obviously the kind of powdered cheese was new. I don't know what I expected, though. It's ramen, so why wouldn't it be powdered? Why was I expecting, did, like, a packet of did fresh Did you, cheese? like, inhale it? Like, you know how sometimes you can do the thing where you, like, accidentally inhale the powder and it is so much worse than actually just mixing it in and eating it? Did that happen? No, but I inhaled the ramen really quickly because I knew we had to record in like five minutes. And it's not like it would have been any better if I had gone slowly, but the pain is, um, well, it's subsiding. It's now in like kind of a pleasurable area, actually. You you and your different pain levels. <clears throat> and your tolerance. Go yeah. you. Uh, should we talk about pain? Oh, boy. Should we talk about injuries, or do you want to talk about the women's national team first? I mean, they go hand in hand right now, because McCall's her bony. Poor McCall. She finally gets her second start. She's played her way onto the team. Admittedly, it's Chile. Jill's wanting to rotate and stuff. But she went off after, like, four minutes, and today they confirmed it was a broken elbow. Which puts her out for a while. Through the end of the season. I don't think she's going to be in playoffs. And she's probably not going to make it for World Cup qualifiers. That's the beginning of October. That's one month from now. Yeah, but it's just qualifiers. Mm. Yeah, but like, you want to be on that Chimichangas roster. Chimichangas next year. Yeah, but I feel like Jill Ellis has a soft spot if you got injured on the squad. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Casey Short had know. to go off too uh, late in the game. Like the 80-something minute. I mean, the United States won against July 4-0 anyway, and then the previous game 3-0, but I think out of seven goals, five of them came from set pieces over two games, so it's not super encouraging for what Jill has kind of sketched out as her game plan and what she was attempting in these last two friendlies. In Would my you opinion. rather have set play goals or run a play piece, which, which is more of, of a higher value to you? Uh, run of play, because I feel like set play goals have a lower percentage of, first of all, you have to earn the set play. You have to earn the free kick or the corner. And open play, if you're scoring from open play, it means you're just doing better on the field. You're you're moving better. Your passing and possession are probably good. But Our, against a squad like Chile, it, don't you think that it's kind of good rehearsal, good practice? To be able to convert set pieces? 
Well, yeah, sort of, but Chile also was shitty at defending, so I'm not sure they particularly learned anything. It might as well have been, like, a drill for them, because Chile insisted on zonal marking and never, like, adjusting to changes in the box, and they weren't good at the zonal marking. So, yeah, you just had, like, Press and Brian and occasionally Haran just, they were free to do whatever they want. Uh, tell me about the, uh, the PK that was not. So Tobin Heath earned a penalty, right? Press is going to take it. It's her 100th cap, you know, and, and she's not a bad person to put on the spot. So she places it well. You think it's the third goal. The ref calls it back, uh, apparently for infringement. That's our best guess. Apparently against Crystal Dunn, although on replay you can see the Chile player has encroached first and like stepped on Dunn's foot. This is all stuff that maybe you might want VAR for. Anyway, no matter what, it was the wrong call because according to the laws of the game, the penalty for infringement, if the goal is scored, it depends on whether attacking, defending, or both players encroached. So if the attacking player encroached, retake the penalty. If a defending player encroached, goal still counts. That makes sense, right? Because the defender is the one who made the error, so you shouldn't penalize the attacking team for it. And if both players encroached, then penalty is retaken. So no matter what, either goal should have stood or penalty should have been retaken. Because press scored before the... So, encroachment. so what happened then? The ref disallowed the goal and gave a free kick, I think. Uh, the only scenario where you give a free, you give an indirect free kick if there's no goal and the attacking player encroached. So maybe she got it wrong in her head, like she mixed it up. She's like, okay, Crystal Dunn encroached. So the proper remedy is indirect free. But that's only if press hadn't scored who was the ref the referee was katya koraleva her name might be a little familiar to nwsl fans uh, she is a regular for us i can't recall specifically a game that she might have messed up but i do remember like thinking oh man koraleva messed up so mm-hmm. i can't think of the one off of one i can't think of one off the top of my head but just the fact that like it kind of sounded like, yeah, well, at least the NWSL showed up. <laughs> yeah, that was literally, even Laura Harvey tweeted, she was like, welcome NWSL refs. And I was like, you are going to get fined. Yeah, probably. But what? how many fucks does Laura Harvey give anymore? She has one more match and then she's off for the season. I'm sure she is like, if she could, she would walk into NWSL headquarters with a stack of $1 bills and like make them rain on whoever is in charge of dealing with the financial penalties and just be like she wouldn't just make it rain she would fucking like have one of those guns that you put dollar bills into (laughs) and you pull the trigger and she would just walk around the like four person cubicle making it rain all over people now get your fucking shine box so do we want to talk about var let's talk about var we might as well now that we've said var because apparently FIFA hasn't confirmed yet that it'll be at the Women's World Cup in summer of 2019. And the problem is you can't just have VAR. All the refs have to be trained in, in its use. Like, we saw how confusing it was to people during the Men's World Cup. So you need to have all these refs who aren't even up to end of sales standard all of a sudden having to train in VAR to apply to an international standard match at the World Cup. I mean, you got to start now. 
right like that training should have already started and there should have been courses during the pre the world cup that happened this year and you know i i think i have correlated this a lot to uh the turf controversy of 2015 and just you know we're seeing this inequality carried forward and there's no reason for it there's no reason for france not to have var aside from money and the financials um and putting the time and the energy and fifa just fucking getting a little bit organized for this huge marquee tournament that they put on every four years like it's not like fifa is sitting here orchestrating like smaller tournaments for um women's football each federation is doing the smaller tournaments fifa just needs to get their act together for this what I don't, I don't understand, I mean, I understand, like, FIFA doesn't give a shit, and they're all totally corrupt, and they don't care about women, uh, but you would think they would understand the basic principle of invest some money, make more money out of the tournament, because that's the only thing they care about, making money. Invest some money in the tournament now, increase profits later, and it's, you, it's you like- would, You would imagine, you would imagine somebody understands basic business. But I think also the problem is they just don't believe that about women. They don't believe that if you invest in a women's product, it will return a profit. They always believe that no matter what, a women's product is inferior or doomed to fail. So it's hard to break that cycle with, you know, the sexist fucks who run FIFA. Who? So we're back to no women in FIFA leadership, right? I think there might be one on the Exco. There's like, I think there's one woman and she might be like somebody's puppet. Oh boy. Apparently, the Exco is now called the FIFA Council. Um, that's not any less evil lair sounding. And I love that they meet in Switzerland, in Zurich. Mm-hmm. Love it. Oh, love it. Um, Oceania might have brought a woman, Sandra Froyan from American Samoa. Oh, possibly. really? Well, no, she's a member of the council. Yeah, and then Fatma Samora from Senegal. That's the one who I was thinking of, the Senegalese member. She's a secretary general. Oh, and Lydia Sikora is still on there from Burundi. Well, okay. So I stand corrected. Uh, I was under the impression that Moya Dodd was the only female on the Exco. And uh, then she got voted out. Oh, and Sonia Bianame from Turks and Caicos for CONCACAF. Yeah, I remain unimpressed by any lack of announcement for VAR. And I thought your tweet was very astute that last time it was going to be turf and money and this time it's going to be VAR and money. There's always going to be something in the men's game that should be applied to the women's game consistently and isn't. I'm just happy that we're not wearing skirts and we get to play on grass. Squirts. So I'm going to go back to the kitchen and not make a fuss. Squirts, dude. Like WPS. The little zip-up right? squirts that Puma tried to foist on them. Oh, oh God, God. I cannot believe those. Can you imagine if, like, social media around women's soccer was bigger back when that happened? Puma oh, would have been God. roasted to hell and back for that. Who Puma was with Adidas at the time? I don't know. Is, I think Puma was, like, partnered with somebody else. Like, they were a smaller company as in part, like, in one of those organizations. And I just props to them for being like the league sponsor, but oh my <laughs> god, how ridiculous was that burp in WPSS in women's soccer history? How do we make sure that people know they're still women? I know. <laughs> Let's have a fashion show and put them in skirts. 
It wasn't just skirts, though. It was skorts, and it was a bodysuit yes. that you had to step into and zip yourself into it. It was like a one-piece, almost. That's how I've heard I wonder, it described. I wonder if anybody acquired that before they pulled it from Yeah, where are the skorts? Where are the skorts, Puma? I bet you Le- Leslie Os- Osborne has a few. I want to contact everybody who is in that photo shoot that we saw, the fashion show, and be like, hey, do you still have your skort? Can, right can you like document Stephanie that Cox and and uh i think a-rod was in one. Oh my god a-rod kelly Wait, o'hara we should, totally, we should to- i hope that they wear them for halloween <laughs> that they're halloween costumes and nobody would believe that what they really are A truly scary costume that wasn't even the first year of that league uh i guess not because i'm thinking if fc gold pride was in there mm-hmm yeah, Stephanie Cox was definitely one of the models. We've sidetracked a little bit. <laughs> uh, just a little bit. There might not be VAR at the World Cup, but first we have to get there. So let's step back a bit and talk about CONCACAF qualifying, because that's now the next thing that the women's national team has to face. And the draw was finalized uh, yesterday, actually. Um mm-hmm. In a apparently very shitty live stream that a lot of people could not access or find. Anyway, the important thing is we got the draw results. There's two groups, A and B. Group A is going to play in Cary, North Carolina at Salem's, the home of the NC Courage. That's U- oh, the United States group. And we are in a group with USA, Mexico, Trinidad and Tobago, and Panama. Fun fact, Panama is not currently ranked by FIFA. Oh, that'll be great. You know why they're not that'll ranked? That'll be tons of fun. They lost their mm-hmm. ranking because they were inactive for 18 months or more. Oh, Jesus. This is going to be... It'll be a show! Yeah. They had to play their way into this qualifier by playing, like, a more regional Central American qualifier. And they they made it, which, you know, is probably good for the program and being reactivated. And hopefully, if they get their asses kicked up and down carry, um, that won't dissuade their federation from continuing to you know, schedule games for them and get them uniforms and give them money for food and stuff. Food and lodging. Yeah. It, you know, that's going to be, that's the one to watch. Um, Because it seems like any time we have one of these qualifying tournaments, uh, one of the CONCACAF tournaments, that there's always a team that is either struggling with gear, struggling with enough nights and hotels, struggling with enough just food. And it it puts uh, a spotlight on that federation. Um, who was it last time when when they did qualifiers in Canada? I believe it was, and there was a team who was who was like struggling to have gear or something like that, and it caused a big fuss. And the federation eventually like stepped in and paid for stuff. Was it the team? A lot of their players played in like WPSL for Indiana. Yeah. Yeah, and they, like, didn't have stuff, and so there was, like, a GoFundMe to help the players just, like, eat every day. Uh, that was, like, a Shek Borkowski team, right? It was maybe Haiti? I think you're thinking oh, of Haiti. maybe it was Haiti. Yeah, because that's the team that Borkowski, Borkowski coached back in, back around that time, or was most closely associated with. Yeah, we'll see. I I mean, obviously Mexico is the big one for us in this group. Uh, group B is Canada, Jamaica, Costa Rica, and Cuba. So I think the two coming out of Group B will be Canada, Costa Rica, 
And then USA and Mexico will come out of Group A, and they'll all meet up in Texas for semifinals and finals. Costa, uh, Cuba's always fun to watch, though. Costa Rica's fun, too. I mean, mm-hmm. they, they're they well, coming you, along. You, they've got that coach. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Amelia Valverde? Yeah. You know, that coach. The best-dressed <laughs> coach in CONCACAF? Mm-hmm. Well, so Costa Rica made it in 2015 because Canada got in they got at like the automatic bid or they got the automatic like the host yeah Uh uh-huh so we'll see maybe they maybe they've uh invested and they're they're in a spot where they they can make it to to france i think Concacaf gets three berths so the two top two teams and whoever wins the third place match are going to qualify so your obvious bets are probably USA, Mexico, and Canada. But yeah, I would love to see Costa Rica work their way in there. Mm. It'd be really sad for Mexico, though. It would suck for Mexico. That's another program that needs support. You know what? Mexico's <clears throat> making strides because Liga MX Femenil is like drawing huge crowds. So hopefully right? that money is going right back into investing in youth development because that's what hope so. the Women's League is for. It's uh, it's primarily an under 23, I think, and each team is allowed a certain number of senior players. That would be great if Mexico, you know, was able to challenge the United States as another powerhouse in CONCACAF. I mean, what about Canada, yo? Canada just beat Brazil. Then they lost to Brazil in a closed-door friendly the game after that. Oh, I didn't know that one. It was a closed-door friendly, so. Oh, okay. Well, you know, at least they they win when it counts. Yeah, in front of the home crowd. It it looked like a pretty rocking stadium, so... Um, so, you know, uh, qualifiers will be fun, but we, uh, we have a bit to get through before, before that. We have three crazy weeks of NWSL action left. Right. So we have our last weekend of the regular season coming up and you and I are going to make some score predictions. Last time we didn't make score predictions and Chicago beat Sky Blue five to nothing. (laughs) No, no, no. That was Tuesday. Um, last time... (laughs) Last time you and I didn't make score predictions and Houston beat Sky Blue 6 to 1. Oh Jesus. Sky Blue just Oh, I feel so bad for them, but so at the same time I'm just like put money into your fucking program. At least they get to end their season at home. They have a home game Saturday against the Orlando Pride. Maybe that's the one. That would be great if they didn't go on uh if they didn't go all season without a win. And they finally won their last game at home. That would be excellent. It would be fantastic. What a great thing for the home crowd. I really, really wish it would happen. And given the way that Orlando's been playing recently, I don't think it's too far-fetched. I just wonder if the Sky Blue players have the morale left. God, or even the legs, because they got their Washington Spirit game on got delayed so they had to wait an extra day then they had so they played sunday and then they had another game against chicago on tuesday right and apparently this the sequence of events is they didn't go directly from washington to chicago they had already driven down to washington from new jersey they drove back to new jersey and flew out to chicago that's just stupid why didn't the new jersey washington match just get called that's a question for the commissioner yeah like why why both teams not in the playoff chase and Chicago needing a win and it's obviously to an advantage to have a team that's on less than 48 hours rest 
play against, you know, for a playoff berth. I, I just, I don't understand why the match wasn't called. That's, that would be a great question for uh, the NWSL commissioner. I cannot wait for some bro to become the commissioner. <laughs> Without a commissioner, they're like really drawing the curtains around the position. Like Amanda Duffy was not made available to answer questions about um, the the air protocol when all that smoke was coming in from the wildfires. Like, I just, like it, it doesn't, it's not a pro league. Like there are certain... They're so afraid of, like, not being able to control the message that they make the mistake of not trying to control it at all. So we all just have to fill it in with what we know. And, you know, unless something is egregiously wrong, they just sit there quietly. And it's like, come on, you have a chance to, like, get out in front of things. You need to be the ones putting out the information about yourselves, and you don't. Well, and it's to the point where players like Amanda Frisbee are getting on social media and just roasting. Yeah. Roasting. Actually putting the the league under fire because of these conditions, because this shit is happening. And part of me wants more players, the Players Association, to do the stuff out loud and in public. I get that it would, you know, I, I get that it's not the best way to establish or maintain a relationship with the league. But at some point, like somebody's got to call them out on their shit. And it's not going to be just the media and fans. Yeah, Frizz was completely right, justified, like, to say something at this point. I mean, I hope she doesn't get any kind of punishment for that. I don't think she will. I think that the at that point, the league would need to recognize, like, oh, it's going to look really bad for us if we do anything about it. We just need to be quiet and accept that the criticism is right. Just take the L. We'll see. Do you want to make some score predictions for this last weekend of a what has been a long season? Please, please, please. And let's go through this rapid fire because I'm already super stressed out about Friday night. Mm-hmm. Well, let's just start out with the stress then. Portland Thorns hosting Seattle Rain at home, and this could determine who hosts a semifinal game. Seattle who? The Seattle what's? The Seattle Rains? Are you guys calling her Megan Rapoopy yet? <laughs> Rapoopy? No, I don't think so. Um... <laughs> I mean, she got in the commentator box and she bantered on national TV um, and put in a plug, a scripted plug for the match. Uh, so, you know, 80% of what she did, I'm totally, totally behind and okay with. Um, and, you know, Megan Rapino, she's going to add her little flair. I just, I want people to remember that stuff when she comes to town is all. It sounds like what she did worked exactly as it was intended to do, so... Oh, totally, totally. I, I ate it up, hook, line, and sinker. Um, hook, line, and stinker. Absolutely. Y'all uh, got, got pretty salty over it, though, over there, huh? Uh, not super. Like, we're saltier about other things. Like, mm. there are other... There's every 20 minutes, there's a new thing to be salty <laughs> about. So she got her 20 minutes of, like, oh, Really? You, and we've, we've moved on. You know what you need to do is you need to do a little fundraiser so that you can give each player on the team their own fire extinguisher. Oh, my God. So, Portland hosting Seattle. What do you have? Um, two to nothing Portland. Oh, boy. All right. I don't know if Megan Rapino will actually play... She did right? say she she's, was she's injured, yo. Rib injury, but she said her sitting up the national team was more about pain management. 
Ribs are weird. There's really nothing you can do about them except just let them heal. Right. I think Jess Bishlock played with bruised ribs once and against us, and it was not deadly. Mm-hmm. So maybe maybe she'll take a page out of Jess Bishlock's book. Let me say two to one for Portland. <sighs> Dude. No. I'm really, ner- I'm really nervous about both of us saying Portland. No, one I nothing. I love it. One nothing for Portland. Sorry, dude. That's okay. That's okay. We're both still saying Portland. It's going to be a real butt clencher for you guys. If Portland wins, Portland hosts the semifinal. If Seattle wins, Seattle hosts a semifinal. And it comes down to what Chicago does as to whether or not Portland travels to North Carolina. Okay, so a game doesn't matter. Well, it probably matters to them, but in terms of standings, it doesn't matter. Sky Blue hosting Orlando Pride. You and I are probably both hoping Sky Blue will win, but as for what we're actually predicting, I guess I'll go first. Uh huh. I think Sky Blue might have back their top players because you got to remember the U23s also pulled players during this FIFA break for the Nordic tournament. So Imani Dorsey and Savannah McCaskill were gone. And that's like 60% of their scoring power right there. Um, That's still not a score. One to nothing for Sky Blue. (laughs) I'm going to go three to one Sky Blue. Oh, wow. All right. So we just jinxed the I shit out of them. I think they're just going to open it up. They're just going to open it up and be amazing. Last game of the year, Gab. Can't hold anything back now. Right? All right. Utah Royals hosting Chicago Red Stars. This is important for Chicago. Mm-hmm. And I feel like the Royals have, you know, their reputation on the line. Oh, man. Um, I'm going to say... One to one draw. Oh, okay. Interesting. I I mean, Sam Kerr's feeling herself. Yugi Nagasato is kind of in the groove. Utah will have Sour Run and Press back as well as their Canadians. Why don't I say two to one for Chicago? Okay. Okay. Hey, did I do the math right? If If Portland loses and Chicago wins... Does Portland have to go North Carolina, or is Chicago in fourth place, period? Portland's at 39 points, and Chicago's at 37 points. So, Shit. yeah. Chicago could Shit. leapfrog Portland. Portland could end up fourth. Shit. I just got heartburn. And to travel to North Carolina for a semi. I got heartburn! <laughs> Alright, last game of the season. The very last game of 2018 regular season. North Carolina Courage hosting Houston Dash. So, NC will have everyone but McCall Serponi back. It's a rough kid. And I think Houston Dash, they're going to get back their internationals like Daly was gone for England. What you got? I'm, I'm thinking. <sighs> four, four to two for North Carolina. I'm going to go five to nothing, North Carolina. Oh my god, you're so mean. Oh, they're going to do it for Serponi. That's true. Like, nothing pulls a locker room together like doing it for an injured player. Right. There's absolutely nothing that pulls a locker room together like that. Okay. Well, those are our score predictions for the very last week of NWSL regular season. We're going to have so much, so many emotions next week. I know. I'm going to Portland for the final. Uh, me in Portland for the final. I'm going to Boston the week before though, so I'll, I'll be able to. Hey, maybe we can record an episode live from Boston at the beginning of the week wow wow and then we'll do our typical drunk recording 
either the night of or the night before or something like that. The big girl East Coast episode and the <laughs> um, drunk girl West Coast episode. Sounds great to me. Okay. Okay.